Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Progress Kentucky's Kernels of Truth. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited about our show. We've got some fantastic stuff queued up for you tonight. We are first going to do a news of the week covering further efforts of our Commonwealth to keep white people from feeling bad about our nation's history of racism. Uh, then uh, we are going to do the news in two minutes. So part of news of the week, uh, we're going to do some quick kind of popcorn stories headed off by uh, Kimberly Cecil Jones. Uh, and then we have got Doug Price is Right, yes, back by popular demand. He will be revisiting a favorite topic uh, of his past work, the post office. And why does DeJoy still have his de job? Then we're going to dip in, uh, into our call to action and events calendar with some Great opportunities for folks to get involved, get engaged with a very significant and finite timeline and a possible amazing outcome. And then finally, we're going to bring on our guest, May Suramak, who's running for the special election to represent House District 89. That's Jackson County, some of Laurel uh, and Madison counties. Uh, and this is the district formerly represented by Robert Goforth, uh, if you remember that guy. Uh, so first... Are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, we know our Commonwealth has some work to do. If we're going to beat back the tide of bad politics and policy from Frankfurt, uh, from you know efforts to ban critical race theory, to uh, efforts to give as much of our tax dollars as possible to big corporations, uh, the 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 work is significant. The stakes couldn't be higher, uh, and we need help to stand effectively against the GOP super-duper majority. So you want a commonwealth that works for all of us, help us join Progress Kentucky. It's really easy. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, kind of wherever you're spending time on social media. Just make sure to like and share and comment on our content. The commenting and the liking and the share, you know, just shows that you are, uh, you know, you're in for a compassionate commonwealth, and it helps jumpstart those algorithms that then share the information on beyond yourself. So uh, it's a game we got to play because Facebook is now apparently the town square. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's more work to be done on that issue, certainly. But right now, that's kind of what we got to work with. So, uh, and hey, if you like the if you like the 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 show, if you like Kernels of Truth, you can uh, you know watch it as a podcast. You can rate it you can download it all these other things to you know help spread the word so um anyway i want to i want to get on with checking in with our amazing co-host so as y'all know this is a, a digital demonstration for a more compassionate commonwealth not just a bunch of talking heads so what does your protest sign say today we're at a protest bring a protest sign uh who are you where are you and what does your protest sign say today let us know in the chat uh, if you've got a, a good sign, any sign, let us know, and we will maybe share it on the screen so other folks can see it. And my, I'm Aaron. Uh, I am from uh, coming to you from Childsburg, and my sign says, "White Kentucky." If you're not uncomfortable, you haven't been paying attention. Uh, that's that's my sign. Uh, and hey, back from a couple weeks hiatus. Uh, our dear friend, Kimberly Cecil Jones. How are you, Kimberly? I'm doing great, Aaron. I missed you guys for those two weeks, and I miss all of our viewers as well and listeners. So I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky, and my protest sign would say today, hashtag Progress Kentucky will make 
Kentucky purple. Boom. Definitive. I like it. I like it. It's definitive. We're going to make it happen. It's, there's no question mark. Uh, all right. Moving on to uh, the man with the plan, the man who comes correct, Doug Price. Hi, I'm Doug Price from Harrison County. You guys should come visit Cynthia. We have a brewery, a sports bar, the oldest continuously operating restaurant in Kentucky, and a lot of great people. My sign says, I'll be de joyous when our current U.S. Postmaster General is gone. De joyous. I like that. Uh, I like that play on de joy. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. So let's move into news of the week. Uh, starting with some very weak news out of Floyd County. So what went down in Floyd County? Wit and wisdom and critical race theory. So uh, this was uh, one of our members uh, alerted us to this, uh, that the, the you know, Floyd County was just roiled uh, by a curriculum that they thought was incredibly offensive. Teachers, uh, you know, some teachers even said that they didn't like some of the things that were being taught in the curriculum. It was called Wit and Wisdom. Uh, and the teachers, or, uh, the stu- I'm sorry, the parents organized. They started petitions. They showed up at the, um, you know, uh, at the school board meetings. There was a special school, school board meeting called Just for This. And, I'll, you know, I'm looking through the Internet about this. And I'm watching the TV news about it, the TV clips. And I'm like, for the life of me, cannot find what is so offensive and what is so horrible. Finally, I find one article from, uh, from the Herald Leader. Uh, and uh, let me read it to you. Tonya, uh, Tanya Fugate, a parent of seventh grader, uh, a seventh grader at Adams Middle School and fifth grader at Prestonburg Elementary School, pushed to have the curriculum removed. Fugate learned one of the stories was about a distressed female student staying after school alone with a male teacher, which she saw not as a teacher supporting a distressed student. She saw that as grooming. Uh, other content Fugate said she had concerns about included Hatchet, the book Hatchet by Gary Paulson, which is, of course, a Newbery Award winning book, uh, which includes a character with a suicidal ideation after he learns his mother is having an extramarital affair. And Separate is Never Equal by Duncan Tonyathu, which depicts Mexican kids in cages. She also expressed concerns about the phrases angry white faces and injustice delivered by the white people in, get this, the story of Ruby Bridges by Robert Coles. Ruby Bridges, of course, is the first African-American student to integrate an elementary school in the South from New Orleans. I was concerned and shocked, Fugate said. I thought it was highly inappropriate for kids this age. And, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know which age specifically she was concerned about. But seriously, Hatchet is about a kid in the wilderness alone, except for his hatchet. He survives against the odds while wrestling with these challenging revelations about his mom cheating on his dad, uh, you know, his dad died in the plane crash. So it got him like, you know, it's like a lot of stuff going on. I, this was definitely not the fifth grade. Uh, this was, I'm sure, the seventh grade dealing with it. But if you're telling me that, you know, seventh graders have never thought about suicide or that, you know, never thought about their moms cheating on their dads or anything like that, this is like, oh, my God, we have to keep them from these ideas. I'm sorry, but give me a break. Uh, also, Separate is Never Equal is about the pre-Brown versus Board decision in California uh, that ended segregation for Mexican-American communities in California. So it's a really important historic book that you know kids should know about, something that I wasn't aware of, uh, you know, that before 
Brown versus Board of Education, which is, of course, the big landmark case that ended segregation. There was one in California years before uh, that made sure that Mexican-American kids could go to better schools. Uh, and the idea, though, that kids or Mexican kids were in cages at the border is irrefutable. Uh, so the idea that, you know, my gosh, their kids were seeing these images. Well, if it was if they would turn on the news, they saw these images. And then Ruby Bridges. Really? <laughs> Ruby Bridges. That was inappropriate. It's just history. It's what happened. Uh, and I'm sorry that the idea of white faces yelling at a little girl trying to go to school is disturbing to you. But that's the history of our country. And again, if you're not uh, if you're not uncomfortable, <laughs> you aren't paying attention about the history of America. So they won. They got all this inappropriate curriculum removed. They now have, you know, parents up in arms about, you know, history and facts and reality. Uh, and, you know, I think this is very indicative of where our, you know, our legislature is right now. Of course, there are two bills that have been pre-filed to stop uh kentucky schools from teaching critical race theory which of course they don't teach critical race theory because it's some weird legal uh you know theory uh that is you know really for folks in law school but the idea is that they don't want white people to be uncomfortable about america's history and legacy of racism and racist uh you know, situations so too bad that's history we have to learn it we have to learn from it and being uncomfortable might be part of it, especially if you're from, you know, the white privileged class or, uh, you know, uh, if you just have, have gained from those systems. So uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, folks, what have, what have uh, you know, were folks here, here following this story? Any thoughts about it, Doug? Uh, just so I make uh, an ancillary point, I guess. This is Kentucky. This is the same Kentucky that a little uh, over a year ago saw 112 of our 120 counties passed a meaningless Second Amendment sanctuary county city effort. Essentially, a bunch of people showing up, demanding action in fiscal courts, school boards, whatever, passing something that is not beneficial for the Commonwealth. Unfortunately, in my opinion, these kind of efforts will lead to people not wanting to serve. Hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Kimberly, I'm sure you've got some thoughts about this. Um, yes, I sure do. Um, sometimes uh, I know and I think to myself, why can't we just know true American history um, from border crises uh, from year to year to the story of Ruby Bridges and all the other kids that were down there in Arkansas as well that came into the school. There is actual footage uh, true footage to show exactly what happened. Uh, a lot of people do feel uncomfortable and say, hey, why don't the blacks just get over it? You know, that was a long time ago. But if we really look and see what's going on in America, black people are the only race in America that's told to forget it. We don't forget the Holocaust. We don't forget 9-11. We don't forget the major milestones of this country. So why should slavery and the civil rights movement and everything else be uh, abolished? And a lot of times I get sick and tired of most of the white people I know when they want to put out there an actual hero of the civil rights movement 
which has only been just a few years over 50, it hasn't even been that long that Blacks had the right to even vote in this country and to have a say, and the Republicans are trying to take it away again. But sometimes I get tired of people always bringing up Martin Luther King and not really knowing who Martin Luther King was. Martin Luther King was a socialist and he believed in the government taking care of the people. And it's just so many different layers upon layers upon layers of this, Aaron, that it's hard to even explain in a little bitty uh, amount of time such as this. But I think it is abhorrent. I think it is evil. I think it's nasty. Uh, because as long as people do not know and understand what has happened in America, and I'm speaking from a black woman, and also understanding that all of these systems in place give a certain race more privilege, no matter what socioeconomic um, frame that they come from. Uh, most people I know, you know, you can hide what religion you are. You can hide if you are LGBT, trans, or anything like that. You can hide what you do for a living, but you cannot hide from the color of your skin. Back to you, Aaron. Uh, yeah, thanks, Kimberly. I know it's a, it's a, it's a weighty issue, and I think it's one that you know requires our Commonwealth to wrestle with. Uh, and I think our our legacy of you know clearly slave owners existed in this state. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of work to kind of elevate some of the stories uh, to learn from them. But you know, and look, a bunch of folks from the bluegrass telling folks and you know Eastern Kentucky, you know, clicking our clucking our tongues and saying what are you doing? You know, I don't know that that helps anything. But I just want to elevate because I think that you know as Doug pointed out, these types of efforts can spread far and wide in our commonwealth and pretty soon every county is going to be lining up to do something like this and i think it's outrageous and i think you know we will not ever do better as a nation until we learn and wrestle with our history so uh moving on to one uh final news note from me before i throw it over to kimberly we wanted to circle back on mitch's destructive efforts to filibuster the debt ceiling so uh Thankfully, two days ago, they averted the crisis, despite Mitch's willingness to jeopardize trillions of dollars of economic activity, the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Ultimately, he did line up 11 Republicans to vote to accept a two-month extension of the debt ceiling. That, of course, is, you know, all these Republicans voted for all these tax cuts and military spending, and then when the, you know, the the, the bills coming due, they want to like step out on the meal, right? They don't, they don't want to pay for it. Cause like, Oh, we're the party of fiscal responsibility again, now that Trump's gone and you know, Democrats are in charge. Now we're going to do everything we can to keep them from spending money. Uh, it, you know, really, really, uh, for, uh, unfortunate to watch this go down, uh, you know, in two months, a two month extension, what does that mean? It means we kick the ball, you know, kick the ball down the road a little bit and that, you know, Mitch does, in fact, if you remember a year back or so, he likes holiday season government shutdowns. He's created them in the past. Uh, but this concession was only agreed to after uh, Majority Leader Schumer mentioned his interest in filibuster reform to address the looming crisis. But uh, Trump and his friends on the right hated Mitch's move. Lindsey Graham called it a complete capitulation, which, you know. Lindsey Graham knows about complete capitulations. Trump reportedly spewed on and on about how much he disagrees with Mitch's leadership at his Iowa uh, rally last weekend. Uh, so damned by the right, damned by the left, Mitch sent out a nasty Graham attacking the Democrats for being mean to him. 
and letting them know the Republicans won't support paying U.S. debts again, no matter how much it destroys the economy. So basically his line in the sand is that they will never you know, allow the uh, Democrats to do this work without filibustering it. Uh, you know, that means they need to reform the filibuster. Democrats are going to need to reform the filibuster to allow the debt ceiling to be raised by a simple majority, or they're going to need to use reconciliation, which also requires a simple uh, majority. And, you know, of course, reconciliation has to have kind of very significant budget impacts, which this clearly would. Uh, but you only get to do it a couple of times a, a Congress. So um, as folks might know, the Dems are already underway on an effort to use reconciliation to pass the remainder of the Biden Build Back Better agenda. So that social spending, the child tax credit, the, cr the critical climate actions, that's stuff that wasn't included in the bipartisan infrastructure deal and needs to use uh, reconciliation. Of course, the big question is, can we get all the Democrats on board to do the right thing, or is you know Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema going to destroy the climate? Uh, so you know, Mitch uh, getting battered by the right and the left. I'm good with that. I'm happy to watch it. Uh, any any response on that one, Doug? Uh, just a couple of short sentences. Uh, one thing I will say about Mitch, he is consistent with his convenient to him inconsistencies. Yes hypocrisy flows from him like an unending fountain. <laughs> um, uh, Kimberly, any thoughts on the uh, debt ceiling or do you want to just uh, go into your two minutes news in two minutes or less? <laughs> I'm just going to say when it comes to Mitch McConnell, nothing is shocking or, you know, it, it doesn't cause me to blink because he's going to do everything within his power. I don't understand why in Washington we put these people into power. Uh, I personally did not vote for him, but many people must have because he won. Uh, why we continue to have these politicians to represent us in Washington and they're so partisan. When are we going to get back to the American people and what's good and right for every American, not just some? There we go. All right. So we have been promised that we are going to hear a uh, a sea of stories, important stories that uh, Kimberly Cecil Jones will take us through in less than two minutes. So, folks, get out your stopwatch and uh, let's listen to uh, the 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 sea of news uh, swamping us uh, from Kimberly. Thank you, uh, Aaron. I'm just drinking a little um, wine there from a winery right here in Kentucky. I always try to be Kentucky proud and support Kentucky businesses. But guess who's not running for Congress anymore? Representative Congressman John Yarmouth. Yes, he's been in office ever since 2007. And he says that, you know, he'll be like 75 years old if he were to run again. And he really just wants to spend time with his family. And I knew him very much personally when he was uh, the editor-in-chief and also CEO of the Leo Weekly here in Louisville, Kentucky. And he's always been a very much a family man. But that has got to hurt providing that He's the chairman of the budget committee, but there are some people that are ready to take the wheel, such as Attica Scott, Representative Attica Scott, and also Senator Morgan McGarvey has stated that he's putting his hat into the race, and also Aaron Yarmouth, 
which is the son of John Yarmouth. He's thinking about running as well. And he said that he will let us know in a short amount of time if he's going to do that. So that's something to think about. Kentucky's Attorney General Daniel Cameron went to the U.S. Supreme Court to speak on his behalf and his team, and they're trying to figure out if he will be able to legitimately be able to um, litigate the abortion laws here in Kentucky, should it go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um he is wanting to defend the blocks and the bans on abortion that are already in place here in Kentucky. And since the U.S. Supreme Court is not looking at that right now, but they can make a determination if he is legitimately able to uh, defend that, if it ever comes to that. And also Daniel Cameron, he says that cities in Kentucky can only enforce concealed carry bans in buildings that have an ordinance. So if you were wondering about that, that was something else that he said. Now, this was very curious to me. Uh, a study finds that Kentucky is one of the least energy efficient states, falling at number 41 out of 50 states. We have to get better about energy, about climate change, and being efficient with energy. There was a deal that was brokered with West Virginia, Kentucky, and also Indiana to buy uh, coal. Uh, however, uh, Kentucky backed out and Indiana backed out as well. So yay, Kentucky, for one little small step for Kentuckians uh, and our future for energy efficiency. Also, Jefferson County is distributing about 1 million free at-home COVID tests. You go online and you can sign up. They'll send you a bunch of COVID tests. They want you to do it about twice a week, whether you've been vaccinated or not. And this is something that Mayor um, Fisher put into place to try to stop that spread here in Jefferson County. And last but not least, the Kentucky man uh, from Cave City here in Kentucky, uh, Mr. Robert Bauer, he was recently sentenced to just 45 days, 65 hours of community service work and $500 restitution for being in part of the Capitol riot uh, in Washington on January the 6th. Like to me, that was a like slap on the wrist. I don't know what you guys think, you know, put it in the comments and share this uh, to all the people that you know, because we are talking about things that are so important to Kentuckians. Back to you, Aaron. I think that was more than two minutes. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it right now, but that was uh, rapid it fire. Wasn't. We it covered, wasn't. covered a lot of news uh, in that two plus minutes. Uh, Yarmouth not running. I, I tell you what, that was quite surprising to me uh and i was a little saddened because i do like you know uh, representative yarmouth i think he's been great the fact that he's you know chairman of the budget committee i mean i was i will also say i was excited to see attica scott take him on because hey democracy right that's what we've got um but i was going to be interested to see how that race turned out and now uh, i won't have to see whether yarmouth beats back the challenge by attica scott he decided he would rather spend time with his grandkid and i've seen some pictures the grandkid is pretty cute uh and it seems like maybe don't stand in between uh you know 
Gramps and uh, and the kiddo is a good, good number one lesson. I really, my takeaway from that story, I really wish Mitch loved his grandkids more. You know, I just really wish Mitch had that same level of, you know, love and interest in his offspring's offspring. But unfortunately, Mitch just doesn't even have a heart. <laughs> just some... He doesn't have a heart. And then also, Aaron, uh, just want to let you know that if any other people are interested in throwing their hat into the ring, they have until January the 7th of 2022 to put their names uh, that they would like to run. But I think it's going to be very, very interesting if it's Attica Scott and Morgan McGarvey, Senator McGarvey, and uh, Aaron Yarmouth, I think that's going to be an amazing race. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And it's so amazing that, you know, when, when Yarmouth won won that seat, uh, took it from Ann Northrup, it was basically Democrats had kind of written it off. Like, oh, my gosh, this is one we should be able to win, but we just have never won it. We can't win it. And then Yarmouth did it uh, because he was fired up and, you know, ran on his convictions. And we got rid of some, like, moderate Republican. And now it's become a lock. Uh, I don't understand the point, Nate. <laughs> you know what else is cute? A Democratic majority in the House. That's true. I agree. Uh, I don't think that that seat is in, de is in any jeopardy, though, right? So Yarmouth stepping out. It's not like all of a sudden a Republican's going to win. It's going to be a safe seat. It's going to be a Democrat there. Uh, yes, they probably won't be the chair of the budget committee, but you know, I'm sure that whoever steps in, whoever's appointed to that will do a, a great job. So uh, I think that, yes, I would like a Democratic majority in the House. I would hope it continues. Uh, I will do everything in my power to make it so. Um, and, you know, I would like to see, uh, you know, a really competitive race for the sixth district again. Uh, you know, in the past we've had really competitive races for the primary in the sixth district. Uh, but you know, it doesn't know, I don't know if that's shaping up this year or not. So at any rate, let's move on. Uh, and we are going to go to the, uh, very famous infamous se segment. Doug price is right. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Doug Price is Right. Tonight I'm going to be talking about the USPS and Louis DeJoy, who is the U.S. Postmaster General of the United States Postal Service. Over the last year or so, we have provided updates on DeJoy and his ties with Mitch McConnell. So first, let me provide texture on how we got to this point. The USPS Board of Governors consists of 11 members, nine of whom are supposed to have staggered nine-year terms and to have representation from both parties. President Obama renominated most of the existing board for a second nine-year term, including those members appointed under Bush. Those six members should be on the board, but none of them are. How did that happen? McConnell blocked those nominations in the Senate, similar to what he has done with uh, judges. When Trump became president, all of his nominations were approved. Six of the 11 positions, including the chair, had been appointed by Trump, and DeJoy sits on the board by virtue of his position. Since the mid-1990s, DeJoy and his wife have contributed over $3 million to federal Republican candidates. In the 2016 cycle, 
they donated $1.2 million to a joint fundraising committee that distributed money to President Donald Trump's campaign and the Republican National Committee. DeJoy makes a base salary of a little over $291,000 and also receives an annual bonus, a nice payback for contributions along with other items mentioned later in this discussion. He may be the first appointed Postmaster General who was not elected from within the Postal Service. The recently appointed Deputy Postmaster General, Douglas Tolino, would be a fitting choice to replace DeJoy as he is a 41-year employee of the USPS. He rose through the ranks as opposed to through politics. Six months ago, DeJoy unveiled his 10-year strategic plan for the future of the Postal Service that included higher rates, slower services, and reduced post office hours. He proposed an increase in first-class mail from the current 55 cents to 58 cents. This does not seem like much, but it certainly will affect smaller operations like mom and pop shops, along with companies that send monthly statements to others. Think banks, utility companies. The Postal Regulatory Commission, which plays a USPS oversight role, was sharply critical of DeJoy's plan, questioning its core consumption assumptions. As USA Today recently reported, his changes are nevertheless being implemented, and those changes, including make, making some mail service permanently slower. The changes mean an increased time in transit for tra mail traveling long distances, such as from New York to California. Prior to these decisions, the USPS used cargo air to move mail from the East Coast to the West Coast. Going forward, mail will be trucked, less cost, but more time. 60% of first-class mail will not be affected by the changes. Of course, if you're one of the people waiting for uh, delayed mail, that's cold comfort. The Postal Service started tracking annual first-class mail volume in 1926, and at that time, the annual volume for first-class mail was around 15 million. The peak volume in 2001 was 103.5 million, and by 2020, the volume had pretty much been cut in half to 52.6 million. All Americans should be concerned about slower delivery times because that will affect the mailing and the returning of election ballots. Certainly, everyone will want to make sure that delivery of their ballot will be made in a timely manner. One person, one vote will become more important in future elections. Aside from wrecking USPS, what is DeJoy involved with? DeJoy appears to be a great example of the old saying, where there is smoke, there is fire. DeJoy is facing an FBI investigation over a campaign finance scandal. Based on public reporting, the available evidence suggests it's a serious controversy. A Washington Post analysis noted last year Chief executives have gone to federal prison for similar schemes. This year, the USPS also ramped up a business with a company where DeJoy used to be employed. The U.S. Postal Service will pay uh, XPO Logistics $120 million over the next five years. DeJoy served as supply chain chief executive of XPO from 2014 to 2015, 
after the company purchased his company, the New Breed Logistics, a firm that he had owned for 30 years. Uh, he cashed out pretty good. He's uh, He and his companies and family foundation have divested somewhere between 65 and 155 million worth of XPO shares. DeJoy's family businesses continue to lease four North Carolina office buildings to XBO. The leases could generate up to $23.7 million in rent payments for the DeJoy businesses over the next decade. The Postal Service spokesperson, Jeffrey Adams, said that DeJoy did not participate in the procurement process for the XBO contract, which was competitively bid. Some want President Biden to take action on this, but he cannot fire the Postmaster General, though he may want to. Earlier this year, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters, a quote, this is a quote, I think we all agree, most Americans would agree that the Postal Service needs leadership that can and will do a better job. Only the governing board of the Postal Service can remove DeJoy and the confirmation of Biden's nominees to the board increase the odds that they might take such a step. But for now, there's little to suggest that his job is in serious jeopardy. A Trump appointee, Democratic USPS board member Ron Bloom, who is now the chair of the USPS board, told The Atlantic, right now, I think he is the proper man for the job. He has earned my support, and he will have it until he does not. And I have no particular reason to believe he will lose it. Is there any connection between Bloom's support of DeJoy and the fact that DeJoy recently purchased up to $305,000 in bonds from Brookfield Asset Management, whose managing partner is none other than Ron Bloom? My final thoughts. There is an old saying, where there is smoke, there is fire. There are petitions urging the removal of DeJoy, and I approve this message. Here's a Facebook post shared by one of our crew. It is time for DeJoy to lose the job and go to jail. A quick shout out to postal employees. The Cynthiana, Kentucky postal employees do an awesome job and I appreciate them. All right. Thank you, Doug Price. Uh, always coming correct. Uh, and folks, uh, before we get to our guest, uh, May Suramek, uh, the candidate for the special election to fill uh, LD89, uh, vacated, vacated uh, once Robert Goforth stepped down as his domestic violence prosecution got a bit more real, he decided to abandon his seat. Uh, but first... Uh, let me hit you up for Progress Kentucky. So uh, if you like what you hear in Kernels of the Truth, please consider supporting our efforts with a financial investment. Uh, we do have a goal of raising $1,500 for our current organizing projects. We still have, uh, you know, less than 20, we're less than 20% of the way there. We really would like to see that that uh, thermometer crawl upward. So if you want to help turn Kentucky purple, uh, remember, we've got just over 400 days until we have a chance to fire Rand Paul. 
and celebrate at his retirement party. Uh, and, you know, if you want to help make that possible, please make a donation right now. Hit us up on Act Blue, secure server to make a donation to support our campaign and turn Kentucky purple. Uh, all right, so I am seeing right now uh, that I think our, our guest is here. So we are going to move to our interview with May Suramek. Uh, welcome, May. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, sure, your busy campaign uh, schedule to say hello to us. Uh, how are you doing? Of course, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, absolutely. I tell you what, you know, this is uh, a really interesting race. You know, it's the 89th district. Uh, as I said, it was, you know, once held by Robert Goforth. Uh, it is, um, you know, all of uh, Jackson County, some of Laurel County and some of Madison County. Not seen traditionally as a Democratic stronghold. Uh, but it is a, a, you know, it's a special election, which a lot of people have no clue that it's happening. So this is, you know, it's a turnout uh, effort for sure. Uh, and we're going to get to that in a bit. But I just want to say, May, I'm, I'm so impressed with your career path. Uh, you know, from the media, I've learned that you once worked as a human rights investigator for the Lexington Fayette Urban uh, County Human Rights Commission. Uh, you served as Berea College's first Asian American alumni director from 2004, 2012, you were the executive director of the Bluegrass Rape Center uh, 2012 to 2016, uh, currently on the board of the Mountain Association for Community Economic Development, or MACED. Uh, and you're also the founder and owner of Noodle Nirvana, uh, a socially conscious restaurant in Berea. It's donated over, I believe, $100,000 to worthwhile nonprofits. You know, with all that going on, <laughs> and I'm sure there are things I've left out. Uh, tell me, May. Why would you be willing to throw your hat in the ring to join that circus up in Frankfurt and take <laughs> on the clowns in the GOP super duper majority? Well, Aaron, first of all, I just wanted to make a little correction. I'm no longer on the board of Mountain Association. Great folks. I had to um, roll off that board to, to take care of some other things in my life. Um, but really, they are a really great organization that does a lot of great work for the region. But to answer your question, why am I throwing my hat in the ring right now? Um, I think timing is everything. And in the past, I may or may not have considered um, running for political office. And it's just always been been off. You know, I've had a business or my child was young or my father was sick. And when I heard that Robert Goforth resigned a few weeks ago, it just felt like this is something that I had to do. I know it's so cheesy when people say it's a calling. It, this is something that was pulling at me. But honestly, that's that's what I felt um, was happening. And and that is why I'm doing it. I've always felt that I um and but a tool to to be used for the greater good um, in whatever capacity that might be. And if there's ways that I can serve and be more impactful in my community, I will always look for those ways. And this seemed like the right the right way at the right time. Well, that's awesome. And I think it's, you know, it's a, as much as I, I joke, uh, you know, I absolutely joke about uh, about what's going on in Frankfurt because, you know, it's laugh or cry. Uh, it's It's not like. It's not like you'd be stepping into, um, you know, easy, powerful situation. It's going to be work to get there. It's going to be work once you're there. But, you know, I was just at uh, my representative's uh, re-election uh, kickoff, uh, Sherilyn Stevenson. I'm in the 89th yes. district. Uh, and, you know, 
she will admit how sometimes it's daunting and it's not a lot of fun, but it's important work. And she carries her constituents with her each and every day uh, and tries incredibly hard to do the right thing. So, you know, I think, you know, more power to you. Uh, and, you know, I appreciate, you know, all the work that you're doing to get there. It's a sprint. Wow. It is a, you know, uh, there's a side of me and, I, you know, it's my show. So I get to be on the soapbox a little bit. <laughs> I think this is probably how they should run every election. Like, do we really need to have two year long elections? Give us two months and we can make, I bet we can make an informed decision. Uh, but I bet it's a pretty hectic schedule for you, May. How is, how's the campaign trail treating you? I, I think I might agree with you, Aaron. I don't know that I could handle a general election and step away from my restaurants or my life in the way that that folks do. I think it's a real commitment there. Um, it is it is it is not for the faint of heart. I am super fortunate that I have a really, really strong campaign team that has actually been with me since before I received the party's nomination. We were just working blindly as if. Um, I was going to win the nomination, which for a while that wasn't quite certain, actually. Um, but I again, I have a great team that has there's nine of us and we've really been working around the clock. I, I didn't know how intense campaigns got, but it's it's quite normal to get on a call with three people at 11 o'clock at night and talk about things. And that is really how we've had to operate um, in the last three weeks and how we will continue to operate in the next three weeks. Uh, awesome. I, well, I want to see if my co-hosts have a question for you. Um, I know Doug's got one uh, queued up, and then maybe we'll turn to Kimberly next. Hi, May. I'm Doug Price. Hi, Doug. I wanted to ask you, I, I looked at your uh, website and saw that you have maybe a couple of restaurants, and uh, owning and operating a business in COVID had to be an up-and-down roller coaster ride. How were you able to successfully navigate during this time? That's that's a really good question. I talked a lot about um, my restaurant operations last night. I met with the um, Central Kentucky Labor Council, and we 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 were just sharing just stories about um, some of the challenges with a lot of our hourly staff, particularly in the restaurant industry. I think um, it it was not easy. Probably one of the most difficult things that I have been through. Um, we, we, as a staff, I have 14 people, um, that work for us at our restaurants and during the pandemic, you know, we met weekly, uh, because nobody knew what to expect or how to deal with us because it was our first pandemic. So we met weekly and we sat and really talked about how it was that we're going to help everybody keep a roof over their house, um, keep a roof over their heads, how they were going to continue to support their families, how we were going to keep the business afloat. And um, it was quite um, inspirational, actually, to to work as a team to figure out all those nuances. And, and we did everything together from planning, you know, which menu items do we need to cut down in order to save on labor? How will we adjust our hours so that um, they reach our prime audiences without wasting any overhead costs? And, and literally we we made every single decision like that together. And it it proved to to be beneficial for us. Um, we we didn't have to let anybody go. I mean, there were moments where um, we, we did have to shut down and folks were able to benefit from some temporary unemployment, but for the most part, everybody, well, we didn't let anybody go and everybody came back and and still is is working right now i, I would think that uh being a legislator you had to uh, multitask a lot so it sounds like uh, 
the, the job that you've done with your staff and, and uh, people you work with, particularly at uh, Bria College, have prepared you for the, uh, the job that you're going to have here in a month or so? I, I hope so. One, one thing or one way that I really feel that um, all my different lives have prepared me for this is that I have not had the luxury of not working with people who disagree with me. Um, um, when I worked at the Rape Crisis Center, you know, sexual assault doesn't discriminate across party lines. And I've, I've, I've worked with um, victims from all sorts of political backgrounds. And I've, I've had to work with people like Mitch McConnell and um, Damon Thayer to, to, to make sure that um, laws were passed and that we had funding for our programs. Um, in my restaurant, you know, we, we don't turn away people who, who don't, who aren't progressive. You know, in fact, I, I kind of welcome them into the restaurant over a bowl of noodles and hope that we can connect as humans first before we even get to the politics. So I hope to carry that with me. A lot of people think I'm way naive and that um, I think that a word that was used last night was you will get eaten alive in Frankfurt, May. Um, and I, and I may, but I'm, I'm really hoping that, this approach that I've had for the last 20 years of my adult life that has worked, that has accomplished some things. It's not easy, but I hope that to, to carry that with me to Frankfurt and really um, start having conversations, difficult conversations that we, we haven't had in this polarized climate, and hopefully we'll be able to work to get some things done to better our communities. Fantastic. Uh, sounds just wonderful. Uh, and I hope you're not eaten alive either. Me too. Uh, although, although, you know, uh, I hear your noodles are excellent. So, you know, people definitely uh, enjoy those. Uh, but I don't think that should translate to you. Uh, all right. Kimberly, do you have a question for May? Yes, I do. Hi, May. I'm Kimberly Cecil-Jones. Uh, my question for you is, I know that once you win, you'll have many different agendas that you would want to bring to Frankfurt. But what is the number one agenda that you would bring and hopefully be victorious in. Thank you for that vote of confidence and positivity. I'm going to just embrace that and take that with me. Um, yes, I get asked this question a lot. What are your legislative priorities? And first and foremost, I have to say that I am a strong believer and supporter of building capacities within communities. I know that there are so many great people working at the ground level in Jackson, Laurel and Madison, and they have been doing the hard work with folks at the ground for years, um, sometimes for generations. And I know what it's like, um, you know, for people to take credit for my work. And um, first and foremost, if I'm elected, I will uplift those voices and listen to those voices and support their work and hopefully bring resources and policies from Frankfurt to make their work even better because that's really what they're lacking. Um, that being said, I if, I if I'm elected, I want to really focus on removing economic barriers like expanding childcare options and expanding rural transportation systems and investing in workforce development and apprenticeship programs. Um, in my district, um, you know, the other day, I think it was last week, everybody was celebrating as I was too with the new Ford plant coming in and um, creating 5,000 new jobs. But that notion that if you build it, they will come, it doesn't translate to um, folks in my district, particularly folks in, say, Jackson County, where there's only two childcare 
development centers and um, most of the people live below the poverty line and don't have transportation to even get to work. So I really want to focus on creating um, an infrastructure that helps folks to be successful for when um, we do bring these jobs into our communities. Um, and of course, I wanna ensure that every Kentuckian has access to their basic rights, you know, safe and affordable housing, healthcare and healthy and nutritious food. And I, again, I when I talk about these things, people always, um, people don't always, a lot of people think it's very naive and, and nice and warm and fuzzy, but I feel strongly that unless we address these root problems, um, and these roots sort of um, needs that our communities have, we aren't going to get very far and we're not going to be able to build sustaining, lasting communities. That sounds that sounds great. Uh, and, I, you know, I was looking at you know some of the information about the district and it's that's right. It is it is incredibly poor, uh, you know, kind of average income of like seventeen thousand dollars. And there's just a lot of folks living well below the poverty line. And so it does seem like. You know, the fact that we've got a, you know, a governor who is clearly trying to help people who's got programs they want to expand, you know, the American Rescue Plan, you know, getting those resources out to the communities that need them most. You know, that seems like something that people could potentially, you know, um, you know, resonate with them and get them uh, interested in potentially crossing party lines. So I'm sure there's, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of Republicans uh, in those those districts. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I have a hard time having, you know, believing that folks look and see what what went on in Frankfurt, where the Republican agenda seemed to be, you know, take away Andy's powers and give away our tax dollars to corporations. Like, is that really what people want out of their representation? So I think, you know, your approach and, you know, talking about how we can you know, lift everyone up and give the give them, you know, kind of the tools they need to survive and, and thrive, it makes a lot of sense. I, I will say this, I'm going to go all in. And I think that your race is absolutely winnable. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, we will, you will, but like these numbers are not huge, right? Uh, so this is what happened. Oddly enough, Goforth got the, the seat through a special election. Uh, and so, you know, this is not in a kind of normal year. Uh, this is a like kind of one-off election where you really have to turn out your people. Yes. And so if you look at those numbers, Goforth won with under 3,000 votes. So a fired up core base who can talk to other fired up get other people fired up make sure they know this election is happening make sure they know that you know may is going to be fighting for them i think you can turn out three thousand votes uh and you know what i will say is you know progress kentucky uh, is absolutely looking to make you know make things better in frankfurt so i will encourage all our supporters and listeners to help out however they can uh making phone calls to help identify those voters you know, doing the you know lit drops or canvassing or whatever it is to get out there and have the conversations and alert people to this, to this election and make sure folks know that may is a, a fantastic uh you know option to represent you in frankfurt so that's what i'll say but you know what will you say may like what what can, what should people do to help you win this race uh, can you guarantee you're going to win if we go, go all in and help you? Yes, I can, Aaron. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, again, I mean, I always start with the being being real, right? So 70% uh, of folks in my district voted for Robert Goforth after he strangled his wife over a perfectly nice Democrat. Um, I have about, I don't know, 9,600 registered Democrats in this district. And 
um, I don't know, 1,400 came out to vote in the special election for Kelly Smith in 2018. Um, and I, you know, we just have to be honest, I'm a woman of color running in a predominantly white rural district. So what on earth makes me think that I have a shot at all in this? Um, I, I believe strongly, I, I feel it in my soul, Erin, that, um, that this is a winnable race. Like you said, this is all about turnout. The numbers are there. We just have to excite and re-energize people so much that they have a reason to leave their houses, even if they have their headaches, even if it's raining, even if they've never voted in a special election. And that is what we're trying to do is have these conversations and uh, let people know how important it is um, for us to to flip the seat and, and change the representation of the voices of our community in Frankfurt. And we're doing everything. We're talking to, to every single one of those 9,600 folks, um, either in person, we're on their doors, we're in their mailboxes, we're on the phone, and we have an amazing energized grassroots movement in both Jackson and Laurel counties that are doing this all on their own. Um, with very, very minimal help from us. And they're just taking it and rolling and folks are super excited. And um, we were very successful with fundraising within our first week. We have volunteers signed up every day in the campaign until election day, multiple volunteers. So I think momentum is there and people are ready for change. We just need to make sure that it doesn't rain and everybody feels great on November 2nd. That's awesome. So control the weather. That's got right. It in the bag. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's that's a funny point, though, that, that you're, there are things completely out of your control. Uh, but, you know, I think the best you can do is just work really hard and, you know, be your inspiring self and remind everyone that you're the person that brought Noodle Nirvana to Berea. And I think you'll be in like, you know, like Flynn, for sure. Uh, any any final thoughts, May, before we let you go? Well, I'm just thrilled to be here and um, being able to talk about our campaign and being around like-minded progressive folks who also believe that change is possible really keeps us going. And I just can't thank you all three of you enough for having me. I appreciate this opportunity so much. Well, absolutely. Good luck on the campaign trail. And like I said, I'm going to encourage all of our supporters, all of our members will mobilize, you know, whoever we can to, you know, help out, uh, make the phone calls, show up for the door hanger events, go canvassing. Uh, and uh, let's, you know, let's see what we can do. Why not, you know, build some muscle here, you know, an off year election, a special election is a great opportunity. You know, there shouldn't be off years. Uh, well, there should. I, I maintain my original position. I think <laughs> I think campaigns should be two months long. Uh, but I think the reality of it is we got to be built, building power at the grassroots level each and every day to get to where we want to be. Uh, and I think the, when we give up on that and we, we walk away from communities uh, because it's challenging, you know, that that lets folks, you know, get their information other ways. Right. And uh, I think a lot of it's not terribly useful information. So let's try to like plug people into what really matters. And I think uh, May's doing that. Her message sounds like she's doing that. And I think we could help out. So uh, thanks Thank again, you. May. Uh, Thank you. Really uh, I, I just wanted to say you were asking earlier, and I don't think I told you this. Um, we are doing phone banking and lit drops phone banking every day weekday and lit dropping every saturday and if anybody wants to get involved and has some time it's beautiful fall weather to be walking in our district um you can just um sign up at www.may4kentucky.com all spelled out yeah yeah that's awesome uh, uh may for kentucky hit it up sign up uh my friend harry will take care of you and put you to work yes I'm sure. harry's great uh, Harry and I worked on Amy McGrath's campaign uh, back in 2018, uh, and yeah, uh, we still 
like to rue Trump coming to Madison County. I think this is what, <laughs> that's what ruined that race. Uh, anyway, so hopefully he does not show up uh, between right. here and November 2nd. But, uh, all right. Yeah, have a great night, May. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. So we are going to move on. We've got a few things to cover. We have got our action events calendars. And so for that, we're going to turn to our rock star co-host, uh, Kimberly Cecil Jones. Aaron, did you say co-horse? Co-horsed. <laughs> making up words. I'm making up words, Kimberly. I have been on screen way too much today. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm pretty impressed that I've gotten most of the words right so far. I appreciate you. Well, just to let you know, in our actions and events calendar, KFTC has endorsed our wonderful guest uh, that we had tonight, May, for the 89th District Special Elections and have launched phone banks and canvassing efforts to support her efforts to win in November, which is just right around the corner. So if you're interested, you can go to mobilize.us forward slash KFTC forward slash event. And you should be able to find it there. And also just to let you know, uh, these days may work for you. They are uh, canvassing on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for Miss May. Or should we just call it into existence? Representative May, right? Okay. So they're also going to be phone banking every Wednesday afternoon from 1 to 4 p.m. And you can go to the same website. Let me read it out to you again. That website is, um, of course, www.mobilize.us forward slash KFTC forward slash event. And I'm sure that you can find it. And it's also going to be in the comment section of this live. Also, vote forward and send letters to Virginia to help turn out the vote in this critical governor's election. We really need to increase turnout to hold on to that state. We partnered with Vote Forward for the Georgia Senate runoffs, and that worked. So help us out here, would you? Could you? Please. We're begging you, please, please, please. And, you know, I know this might be a big ask, but how about this? If you could send out five letters by October the 16th, you can sign up on Vote Forward, and that is Vote FWD, the abbreviation for forward, votefwd.org. Fair Maps. LWV is helping inform the redistricting process by a transparent electoral district mapping project and a series of virtual town halls. And they're doing this to explain their maps and the redistricting process. Uh, you can get on board with this. It's virtual. Uh, actually, tomorrow in Frankfurt from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, Monday in Louisville here in virtual 6 to 7.30 uh, p.m. And for those in person that would like to come, all the information will be on that website of votefwd.org. It's also in the comment section as well of this live. And uh, there will be in person also 530 to 730. And it's going to be beginning at 6 o'clock at the Lang House at 115 South Ewing Avenue, right here where I am in Louisville, Kentucky. How about this? Thursday, October the 21st in Lexington. 
7 to 8.30 p.m. It's virtual. Tuesday, November the 2nd in Northern Kentucky from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And it's also virtual. For form registration information and updates, visit lwvky.org. Or you can email info at lwvky.org. I should have reminded everybody when I come on later in the show, you should have your pen and paper ready right there because I always have like the greatest information to give you so that you can become involved. Um, the Kentucky Democratic Party has launched Ready to Run. It's a new training program for prospective, I was going to say prescriptive, <laughs> prospective Effective candidates and staff envision to build, provide the building blocks to win Democratic campaigns right here in Kentucky. There will be a few sessions, but a training session is tentatively planned to take place November the 13th and 14th right here in Louisville, Kentucky. You can learn more or you can apply to head on over to kydemocrats.org forward slash ready numeric to run forward slash. Once again, that's kydemocrats.org forward slash ready to run forward slash. Okay. And finally, finally, Progress Kentucky has launched a petition urging the Kentucky Board of Medical Licensure to investigate the unethical and dangerous medical advice that Dr. Rand Paul has been spewing. We're closing in on our signature goal. We are very, very close to 500 signatures, at which point we will file an official grievance with the board and hopefully get Senator Dr. Paul's Kentucky medical license suspended. If you think it's dangerous and irresponsible to instruct people to get arrested instead of following the mask rules, please sign and share our petition. You can find it. And we should have that also in the comment section. Okay. So those are some of the things that's going on. Um, Aaron here all across Kentucky where people can get um, invited, engaged, and excited. I know it's been kind of a slump a little bit because there's been no really big elections going on in 2021, but we've had some time to breathe, get some fresh air, quit our jobs if we wanted to uh, for the mass exodus. Uh, whatever the case may be, it's time to get back on the grind because there are important races coming up as soon as November the 2nd of this year and also many, many races next year. Uh, back to you, Aaron. All right. So thank you so much, Kimberly Cecil Jones, hardest working co-host. <laughs> I know it's true. You co you co-horsed me into this. You co-horsed me. I co-horsed you. I totally did. I called you up. I, you know, said how great you were and that you need to be great on this show too. And you said, Oh, Aaron, I suppose. Uh, all right. So we, um, we are going to go ahead and just close out because we are getting, we, I think we've run over an hour. We always try to keep it under an hour and we always fail. <laughs> so we always just have too much information to, to share with you and great guests to bring to you. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show for, to, uh, for this, uh, this week, next week on kernels of truth. Uh, well, we are not quite 
sure. Uh, so keep your eyes on Facebook or our Twitter feed. We'll let you know who to expect. I know there's another uh, special election, so there's maybe a candidate out there that we could get. Uh, but maybe that candidate is not leaning into values and is, is, is stepping away from those values. I don't know. I'm just hazarding a guess. Uh, all I can say, though, is that Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4. We are affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, or CAVE. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Uh, production this evening was once again by Annabelle Nagel, our own social media chair. Thank you so much for volunteering to help our live stream get to the folks. Uh, Annabelle, you have done a great job and are getting better and better each and every week. Uh, the Jones Report is a weekly live national local news talk conversation show that occurs I think every Sunday. Where are we at with this, Kimberly? Well, uh, we are totally revamping the show. Totally. So we will be, it will be on Sundays. We're going back to Sundays. All of our listeners and viewers said that they love Sunday. So I will take some of my NFL time oh uh, to bring them uh, more national and international news on the Joe's report. And we'll, you'll know first right here on kernels of truth some workshopping happening some focus groups they're trying to figure out exactly what it's going to look like but uh but yeah it'll be back watch this space uh thanks nate for the theme songs you can find more information and music at natosongs.com we had two nato uh um songs this evening with our doug price is right theme song and of course our kernels of truth theme song. Uh, and if you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook, don't worry. You can rewatch the shows. You can see our source links on Facebook and on YouTube. Although, yeah, I would say Facebook's the best place to go to, to rewatch the show, unfortunately. Um, and if you prefer not to see me or Kimberly or Doug, you know, we have podcasts available. If you are more of an audio type person, you don't need the video. You don't want to see the graphics. You don't need the flashy stuff you just want to hear what we've got to say the truth that we are dropping like kernels of truth go to your favorite podcast platform and i'm gonna pretty much guarantee you that we are there uh did a little bit of extra work in the past few weeks and we are now on everywhere pretty much everywhere uh so you can find us at iHeartRadio. you can find us at stitcher you can find us at apple google uh, apple of course is the big one but other people use other things, and now we're there. So if you think we've got faces for radio, listen to us on your podcast and uh, enjoy the information that way. All right, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, I want to say thank you again to uh, May Suramek. Oh, my gosh, what an awesome representative she will be. We are going to vision it into existence. Uh, and you there, uh, one of the watchers on the media, come out and volunteer with us. Let's help her get elected. Uh, she is a force that needs to be in Frankfurt. Uh, and, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You go to Bria, you get some amazing noodle soup, uh, and you work really hard to build power in a community that we should be building power in for sure. Uh, and, you know, then the upside is that we send her to, to Frankfurt. And maybe she'll come back later and be mad at us because we did that. But, you know, uh, well, she, you know, she's the one who threw her hat in the ring. All right. Uh, let's Aaron, go. Aaron. <laughs> Yes. While I've been gone, have you yeah. all been doing what I, I do mean. at the no. end of every show? No, that's your thing. Uh, so uh, you have please. not been telling the people. Nah, 
Nah. I just leave. I, I just give a cynical close. I don't. I don't. Nothing nice. Get out there and beat Republicans. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I'm glad you're back to give us a little more compassion to our efforts for a compassionate Commonwealth. Kimberly, I'll I, let you to close it out. I just want to tell everybody, as I say every week, but you know, a weekly reminder is not wrong. You know, do something nice for somebody this week. Give them a compliment. Uh, comment something really nice on their post. Give a friend a phone call that you haven't talked to for a long time. Search out somebody on social media to just say, hi, I, you know, I haven't seen you for 10 years. When you're walking down the street, just smile at someone. It'll make them feel good, but guess what? It'll make you feel better. And thank you to our amazing host and also who I affectionately call Dougie Dougie Fresh with all the great information. And Annabelle is so wonderful and great and beautiful. I'm so proud of her. I love her. She's like my little sister. So uh, until next week, same bat channel, same time, Wednesday, 7 p.m., Kernels of Truth, telling the truth about Kentucky politics. See us next, see us next week. Have a good one. Thank you.